What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of NPR Presents Melting Pod Podcast. Uh, this week's sponsor is Scholastic Newsbooks, and it's your host, Young Yosh, aka Fantasia, aka Ducky, aka Short Native, but his dick is tall. And I am joined with my counterparts, uh, TZ McTeezerson, aka Pedro Martizzi, aka David Ortiz, aka Logic's biological brother. And we are also joined by Shay Tiberius, aka Black Card, aka Sovereign Nation's boyfriend, aka you you catch him in that drop top with Heidi High Camp. Uh, please greet the uh, <laughs> please greet our uh, listeners. Hi guys. Hey guys, how you doing this week? I'm doing real good. I got some really good news about my upcoming uh, fall semester, so I'm really looking forward to doing that, and I'm really looking forward to talking about these projects with the both of you. I can't wait for you to come to NDSU and continue to duck me. It's going to be my favorite du- time ever. You. God, you're such you. a fucking bitch. Yes, you are. God, all right. No, it's, uh, so, guys, uh, quick story real quick before we get into it. Um, yesterday, yesterday I, uh, I, I, may, I may have accidentally gotten day drunk yesterday. Oh, jeez. It was a Wednesday. How'd that happen? So, is everything okay? <laughs> Class is going well. Like you, <laughs> odd to get Good. lit on a Wednesday afternoon alone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've I've been better, but so I was I had a I had a free afternoon yesterday, and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna check out this bar that has food and stuff like that or whatever, like that I haven't been to. So I'm, I was like, all right, well, I'll go get lunch there. I get there and the kitchen's closed, and I was like, well, fuck, like I already ordered the drink. And then sitting there talking to the bartender or whatnot, and one of the other guys that was there, and two hours later, like, I'm still there on, like, my third drink on an empty stomach, and by the time I got home, I was pretty tuned up and decided to lay down and take, like, an hour and a half nap, and that was pretty much the extent of my day. That that happened to me before, but it wasn't it wasn't alcohol, it was water, so I know, I know how you feel. No, you don't. All right, so <laughs> let's uh, let's get back in these uh, projects here at another week. With Mike Trout episode that Jordan forgot to mention. But it's okay. I, I brought. Baseball. Are we? Oh, it's gone. Okay, never mind. I uh, will. Uh, I will not bring that up. I You're gonna listen. have to give me a second here. I did not realize that we took off Doctor Octagon. Kind of sad because I already. <laughs> you don't matter. So let's go on. It was. It was pretty okay. I'm gonna delete it. I'll go too. Yeah, I'm sure. In all fairness, I give it a five. First album, Cali Uchis, Isolation. Cali Uchis is a Colombian American singer, songwriter, record producer, music video director, and fashion designer. Yeah. I don't want to listen to you guys talk because I haven't listened yet, so go on. So, Cali Uchis, I first heard of her with, oh boy, um, probably that Tyrant song, I think. Maybe. Oh, what is I hold up. It's uh no, I first heard of Cali Uchis because Jordan showed me this this ride and round remix with Tory Lane's Oshi remix of Ride and Round. That's that's <laughs> a great fucking re- song, by the way, for first and foremost. Um, but that's the first time I heard of Cali Uchis, and that was about two years ago or so. And she's yeah. here with this album, uh, Isolation. I listened to this, I gave this two listens here, and what I noticed a lot on this album here is Cali Uchis definitely has a very sultry voice uh, with the way she sings. And there are songs in which she does tend to mix English, Colombian, Spanish, I don't know what it is exactly, but yeah. it is, um, she, she mixes that in there with a lot of her songs, you know, especially in the song on Nuestro Planeta and another, one other song too, I know for sure. But Isolation includes production from everyone from Los Rude Boys, Bad Bad Not Good, Que Tronada, you know, um, Soundwave and so on and so forth. Some featured artists on here are Steve Lacey. Uh, George Smith and Tyler the Creator, and so uh, the I heard a couple of the songs. I heard Tyrant way before and uh, after the storm when that first came on, and so I was kind of looking forward to this because I think Caliucci uh, definitely has an interesting style. In the booklet uh, talking about this album here, Caliucci said, "Life is like sex. Sometimes you have to change your position. This album is dedicated to the people who feel trapped in their position and hopes that the music will enable you to change it." So I think that's really crazy, and I think that this. Uh, debut album from her is very vintage feeling in a sense because i've got a lot of very um 60s 
that vibes in the way the production that was definitely on here and i think that her voice sounded really really smooth over it but this is super super good i don't have a whole lot in terms of um content on here unfortunately i didn't get to dive that deep into it but i think that kylie you just definitely gave us a really 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 solid album that i think people should definitely give a listen to so i was first introduced to Callie uh through the people i follow on twitter i remember them talking about her if not last year then the year before and then as we know she was featured on the tyler the creator song see you again and you know i really loved her voice on there so just based off of that (laughs) i guess you could say that primarily because of that reason i was looking forward to this project i I, guys jordan are you listening he's gonna miss a hell of a story i don't think i came so close to quitting the podcast before what the fuck does that mean because I looked in the notes and someone took it down and this is my album of the year. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I was like, what? Like someone took it off, but I was like, whatever, it's cool. No, I, I no, put, I, I, I took it off because I knew Jordan wasn't going to listen. Yeah, I knew he I'm, wouldn't listen. <laughs> and he told, he told me that too. But like, I fucking, I love this album so much. And a lot, or I shouldn't say a lot of it, but one of the reasons why is because of her voice. To me, it gives off this dreamy feel, not in the sense that it puts me to sleep, but more so like her voice just sounds so, so magnificent to me. And it's almost like I'm in a dream and she's in my dream and she's vocalizing. She is, she's she's harmonizing the fuck out of these tracks. It's fucking crazy. And then I, there was a couple songs on here too that I kind of got a tropical vibe from it. Uh, I know the intro kind of had some in- instrumentals in the background or instrumentation in the background that I kind of got that feel. Uh, Miami, holy fuck, I love Miami. Live faster, never die. I'm moving at the speed of life. I was like, holy fuck, man. And she has a line in here. He said he'd want me in his video like Bound One, but why would I be Kim? I could be Kanye. I was like, god damn it, you know. (laughs) And then the BIA feature was dope as well. Uh, Shout out all the BIA cops back home. You know, I know y'all are doing a good job at keeping the place protected. There's no correlation there, but whatever. Then the Just a Stranger song with Steve Lacey. Love that song as well. You know, Steve Lacey is one of those artists who, it, it kind of pains me to say it, but if I see him as a feature or he drops a song or something, it's almost like, okay, I like this song already. It's kind of like that. And I, I listened to this album about five times. And it's Steve still Lacey produ- the Steve Lacey's song, I mean, it sounded like something that would have been on like one of his projects. Exactly. Yeah, Essentially, yeah. with the way that um, it has a more kind of an alternative type of guitar mm-hmm. production going on in there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I got that same feeling too honestly and um as well as the uh, the vintage feel like i totally felt that as well but it didn't sound dated it was like a, no a, the vi- yeah ex- no yeah and i'm not saying that you were saying that but like in case anyone is listening has any funny ideas here it's like no it's not it's not dated but it's vintage in a way that it's re- refreshing as well as being this vintage sound flight 22 was amazing tyrant uh, was also really good in my dreams is great uh tomorrow i thought it was interesting that uh Kevin Parker of Tim and Paula handled that track's production. And on the Genius Annotations, whatever, it said that someone just described this track as something that you would heard off of Currents by Tim and Paula. And once I read that, I could totally imagine like that track being on Current, of course, because uh, Kevin Parker of Tim and Paula produced it. But it was just another really, really great song that I could just vibe to, that I would be in a mood to listen to. A lot a lot of these songs have really great replay value, to be quite honest. Uh, then After the Storm with Tyler was also amazing. Yeah, I love, like in terms of my favorite tracks, it's damn near 80% of the album, to be quite honest with you. And it's not even like the other tracks are bad. It's just I'm going to go back to 80% of this album just by itself. So yeah, it's safe to say that this is this is my album of the year. So far, so far. That is wild. Do you think that do you like like the the entire aesthetic of the album itself? Like do you wish that there would have been do you, were you wishing for anything more to come out of it? Uh, on my honest or in all honesty, I wasn't really sure what to expect from it just because I know she has a mixtape and I believe an EP, but I never went back and listened to those. So I didn't really know like how it would sound. I didn't really have any big expectations for it. But I will say upon first listen, I just put it in the background. And for some reason, I don't know what changed. But um, upon my first listen, I was kind of like, I was expecting something else. Now, once I actually sat down and I really listened to all the sounds and I read her lyrics and her lyrics aren't like, 
life altering or anything like that. But I mean, she she just has that ability to make me feel what she's feeling or put me in the type of mood that she wants to convey convey to her audience. And it just hit me. So no, I didn't really have any expectations upon first listen. Like I said, I I was kind of like, is this it? But after that first listen, I fell in love with this. What are you? Uh, what are you? What are you gonna rate it? It's a nine. What? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son. I know. I know. It's crazy. I don't. I, I don't know. It's weird because I don't know if it clicked with me at that as much as it clicked with you on my first two listens. Yeah, I mean, it's something that like. After okay, so like my second my second listen came and I, f- I fuck with it a lot more, especially the f- the first three actual tracks, which is Miami, uh, Just a Stranger, and Fly Twenty Two. Like those songs, upon second listen, immediately stood out. But after my third and fourth listen, like the whole thing just opened opened my eyes up really, just because I kept on going back to it. And like I, I really like I said, I wasn't really expecting this to be. I, I wasn't expecting to love this project as much as I do now. But I mean, it's really, really good. Like very, very Say, soulful, vintage, everything. It's it's great. It, it just could be where I'm at right now, like in life, or whatever. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. Like for 100, percent like it, like for a debut album. I mean, that's super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't. I can't read it after two listens. No, it's, it's, it's completely fine. I I, 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 went, <laughs> I went back to uh to some of our other projects more. No, it's all good. It's all good. I do that too. I do that too a lot, actually. I feel bad that Jordan missed out on that story. Even though it was Jordan, like a really short story. Welcome back. Hey. Hi. Shay, I almost quit the podcast. Why? Because you didn't listen to Caliuchis. Oh, fucking well. <laughs> no, hey, Jordan. It's it's my album of the year so far. Well, yeah, you didn't hear the rating. Yeah. Well, I sure hope it lives uh, <laughs> up to expectations, lofty expectations that all reviewers have set for these projects I haven't listened to. I gave it a nine. All right, let's go on to something else. <laughs> Next on the docket, famous Dex. Dex meets Dexter. Baby girl, what you doing? Where your man? I just popped a Zan, fifty thousand in Japan. I ain't doing no plan. These red bottoms. Famous Dex, uh, rapper from Chicago. He is uh, here with debut album. Is that what this is? I think it might be. Right, Jordan, this is debut Debut album. studio album. Yes. Her. Jeez, what a fucking um, letdown that was. So the album title refers to Famous Dex as two different personas, which kind of get that thing from what Lil Yachty did on one of his projects as well, too. And so here, I just, I, I was, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't have a lot to say on this here because I really didn't fuck with it that much. Huh? Uh, what? Yeah. Dexter? I, 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 I know, right? Uh, what? Dexter? <laughs> Between the two people, though, Dex is supposed to be the good guy. He's the the, the Japan guy. Um, I then, love that song. <laughs> and then Dexter, Dexter is the one. What you doing? Where's your man? I just want to. And he's like, I just want to show my fans, like, look, this is what it is. This Dex and you is meeting this crazy boy Dexter. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. It's kind of me. Eh, whatever. Two um, layers. I get it. Yeah, I, layers. I'm telling you, man. Well, Dex uh, versus Dexter. Come on. I like, I liked, I like Japan. I like Taker with Wiz. Don't steal. And then sense. I liked pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Ooh. Yep. I think those are the three that I uh, that stood out to me oh, when I listened. Bitch, Puerto Rican. But after that, she you know, like, I, I'll probably never touch this again. All right, you're a fucking hater. Japan is hard. So yeah, you kept fucking giving me renditions of it based on whatever we were talking about. <laughs> Read a couple. Pull him up while Shay does his review. I want to hear mine. Creative mind at work. Oh, this will be tough to find, I think. Creative mind. We ain't text that much lately. You're just getting mad at me lately. It's all good, guys. It's all good. After we recorded our last episode, I remember Jordan saying that this project uh, was 39 minutes. And uh, I infamously said it's 36 minutes too long. (laughs) And you know what? That's the case because I love Prove It. And it's three minutes. It's three minutes. Exactly. And I love Prove It. Everything else is kind of eh. But Prove It, I, I I went back to that song all day today. And it's so fucking good. Like, hold up. I got the lyrics right here. Girl, don't lose it. If I do it for you, you gotta prove it. And of course, that's not how he sounds. But like, that's what he says. Close. And then like, the, the, <laughs> it's not really cool. But the <laughs> melody, the melody that he had on that song. And I mean, okay, start over. So this project, Take I'm two. not saying I would put him in this category of being a mumble rapper. Because I'm. this is my first 
famous Dex project. But and this isn't like a backhanded comment or anything, but he was a lot more coherent than I thought he would be. <laughs> really? So it was it was refreshing. And I think the reason why I kind of thought that is I'm sure I, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but it's him in the studio and then he's like ad libbing and you can't really understand what he's saying. He's like, yeah. Yeah, and like it's just him in the studio, and it's like so. I kind of had that in my head, but it was kind of bad to assume that I wouldn't be able to understand him. I'll admit, uh, but prove it, proved it, prove it, proved me wrong. You guys like that? That should be it. I should run for senator. Shout out Chase Ironice. <laughs> I love what you do doing, Wario Man. I just stuffed a dub, sold her Yeezys in Japan. That was after I saw this, like, bad chick that was in the fucking airport with Yeezys on. Oh, wow. Yo, she was tiny, but her asshole, fuck. Baby girl, what you doing? Where's your man? Otani just land 50,000 in Japan. Ah, oh, that's a classic one. That was really, yeah. Shouts <laughs> to him. That one works, dude. That one works. <laughs> it, it works. Like, it really, like, <laughs> layers to that. Certain level of intelligence, gang. You know what I'm saying? Yankee Hive 27 rings, bro. <laughs> the only song I'm going to go back to is Prove It. Japan. But overall, I was, Japan! I was pretty, It was an entertaining album for the most part, but what? was it? it? No, it oh, wasn't. What? You were wild. It was not entertaining at all. It was boring as fuck. Outside, I can listen to Japan like on loop over and over and I, over and over. I think it was. I think it was because, and it's no slight to him by any means, but like I wasn't really digging too far into the lyrics, and it wasn't no like shit. it was no kind of. It was, no, I know, but. But I'm pretty sure if I would have like looked at the lyrics while I'm jotting down notes, I probably would have been not. And I'm not even that high on it, but I probably wouldn't have said it's entertaining. But I mean, to just put it on the background, it it does it does that it does that. DMD. Improve it's solid. DMD was good. Prove it. I don't remember. Japan hard. Japan's the greatest song of all time. That's the greatest song of the year. Light was terrible. Celine was terrible. There's so many songs that are like a minute 50 and they're fucking terrible. Said So was good. Pick It Up was good. The song with Wiz is fine, but the chorus is just, ooh, what? Something to something to something. Ooh, what? Something to something to something. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. But yeah, this shit was kind of whatever. I think I, li- I like Rich the Kid way more. I felt like he put more effort towards it. And this yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This kind of sucked to follow it up. It's like, come on, Dex, you're just going to be this lazy for a debut album? Shit was fucking not that good. His mixtape with the double D as uh, famous Dex on the cover was yeah. way better than this. I don't remember when that came out. Next, Flatbush Zombies, Vacation oh, in Hell. <laughs> Flatbush Zombie is an independent East Coast hip-hop group hailing from Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York. Trio consists of producer MC Eric Ark Elliott and then MCs Michi Darko and Zombie Juice. These guys are members of the New York hip-hop movement known as Beast Coast, which also includes Pro Era and the Underachievers. So I think I mentioned last week, I don't know if they got put on the episode or not, but I don't, I hadn't never remembered listening to a Flatbush Zombies song before this. Oh, wow. But when I was listening, for some reason, Michi Darko's voice sounded super familiar. And I'm going to be completely honest when I say Michi Darko makes Flatbush Zombies for me. I don't know what it is, but I absolutely love his voice. Like, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. Like, that gritty, like, raspy, huh, me. A vacation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I love that rumble. <laughs> and then though he does like a lot of inflections where like he can actually sing like a little bit too, which I thought sounded kind of um kind of good. I think on the it was the chunky song. Oh, it might be hello too. Fuck, I don't know. Anyways, one of them. The, I went back to this album a lot. Oh wow. This weekend, and mm-hmm. I think it was just because I I was really digging the uh, the hard hitting, like their aggressive rapping style. And Michi Darko, mm-hmm. I was just kind of infatuated with the way he raps um, and his kind of rumbling voice and the way he does it. But um, a lot a lot of the content on here is kind of negative in a sense until you get to the very last track with Denzel Curry, mm-hmm. which it's kind of weird in a sense because I mean they still on that song the glory I mean they still tackle like a kind of negative light but they try and they try and pick it up and be positive about it um, rather than kind of wallowing in it like they do in the rest of their songs here one thing I lo- thought was really interesting about Michi Darko's verses is that he's a guy who doesn't doesn't believe in God 
And I think that on most of his verses, he has at least like one line where like he like questions like God or like brings it up or in some way, shape or fashion. And so I think that's something to take notes about there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I went back. <laughs> I went back Why? to this a lot. Oh, you put back on it. Why did I come back to it? No, why do you have to take note on it? I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you're somebody you're going to listen to, I mean, it's something I think if you're going to have to, or if you want to like dive into him further or Flatbush Zombies or support them in any way, like if they don't support like God, I mean, maybe they don't follow your views or something like that. Like there could be something that you maybe have never thought of before. I don't know. So that's the only reason why I said that there. But yeah, lot, I, uh, I I liked a lot of these songs here. Like I liked Hello, Chunky Vacation, uh, first three songs. Mm-hmm. Headstone was cool. Leather Symphony with ASAT 12E was really cool. Facts might be one of my favorite songs. Crown is good. And then You and I is really, really good too with what's the girl. Her name is, hold up, I'm pulling it up here, D.I.A. She's on a couple of tracks uh, on this project here. But man, uh, shouts to Eric Ark Elliott, who handles most of the production on here. Uh, this, I, I really he didn't do all of it. He did most of it. I would have assumed because he's basically their in-house producer, doesn't produce outside for anyone. Yeah. And so he did, he did most what of a it. Waste. But uh, oh, one, <laughs> one last. I with that. Same with like Noah 40, Sheb. Doesn't produce outside the house for anyone but Drake. One other thing, one other note on this album here. All of it is original production except for the U and I song. It's the only song that has a sample where they have a real choir in the background. Didn't or I they, guess um did they, uh, they struggle with sample clearances so they had to cut all the samples on it? Possibly. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's why it sounds kind of bland at times. The uh the bridge in that song interpolates outcasts get up and get out. You need to get up, get out and get some. And so, uh, yeah, it's the uh, it's the only time that he sampled anything on Vacation in Hell. So, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I, I really liked this. Michi Darko, shout out to him. Uh, he's got a really cool voice, and I really like his Japanese style. Palm Trees is the hardest song ever by him. It really is. It's so crazy because he's like, So much gramps, unzip the bag, dip in my hand, then I palm trees. So when they throw shade, it could never harm me. So when, and I'll play it. I'll play it right after this so that you yeah. can hear it for the first time. And it's then, Dope it's so good. So much grams, unzip the bag, dip in my hand, then I palm trees. So when you throw shade, it could never harm me. So when you throw shade, it could never harm me. And then he starts, out, he, his, he starts out his verse with the corniest bullshit ever where he's like, Lions don't lose sleep over the pinions of the sheep and the lord of the riches. <laughs> it's some bullshit. <laughs> it's some bullshit. <laughs> me, and, me and Jay. Me and Mary Jane. Some bullshit's the next verse. That song's hard. You've been sleeping. Sorry. Sorry. It's whatever. <clears throat> Shouldn't do this podcast with you. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't listen to him when they were part of fucking Beast Coast and all that bullshit. All that bullshit. Pro era and the fucking ASAP mob. Underachievers. Yeah. Um, fucking third eye I, blind over there. I was uh, I was first put on to Flapper Zombies by my friends in high school. Uh, Flapper Zombies is one of those uh, musical acts that uh, a lot of people in my high school were fans of, and I was kind of late to the party. But I did listen to their Better Off Dead mixtape, which has palm trees on it. And the one, I think the one after or before that with like the colorful album cover... Uh, anyways, their last want project. Two thousand one, a laced odyssey. Yeah, that that project. I I like that. Honestly, it's been a while since I've gone back, but I did really really like a good portion of the tracks from there, and I still have them in my library. I didn't like that what? shit at all when I listened really? to it. I got so bored listening to it. As I, there's a couple songs on there that I still feel are really really good, in my honest opinion. Yeah. If if we're keeping it a buck. Uh, anyways, with this one, I'm not going to lie. I was anticipating it just because I was really curious to see what they would do next. But an hour and 17 minutes is too I wish it was shorter. Yeah. No, I wish yeah. it was shorter. Especially hey, towards the end. I got fatigued. They're trying to fill a CD disc. They filled the CD disc perfect. Except for, yeah, they missed the three minutes. But it's damn near perfect filling a whole CD. Yeah. T- towards the end, it kind of got a little bit, a little bit, uh, tiring but i did i did take some notes uh the first track hello was really really cool you know it was really really refreshing to hear Nietzsche's voice again because just like tz said and i love his voice it's so dark and it's so menacing and it's it's like a growl you know and it's oh i love it so much so it was cool to hear that uh eric has a patrick ewing reference hashtag georgetown hashtag hoyas and on Nietzsche's verse he says uh like he bumbles and then he's like 
fuck that mumble rap. And it was like, oh my god. Like, that, that was really cool. That was really cool. Uh, Vacation with Joey Badass was pretty cool, uh, in my honest opinion. Uh, Meech has a line in there, too, where he says, <laughs> he says, I'm the shit like my mama gave birth out her asshole. Ammunition wrapped around my body like Rambo. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. Like, I laughed so hard when I first heard it. Yeah, it was so fucking crazy. Uh, Headstone was... Headstone, it's not my favorite track by any means, but I thought it was really, really cool how they made mention of artists who... They took an interesting approach to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, like, how it kind of all like made sense and it, it didn't seem like it was kind of, it, it didn't seem like it was forced by any means on any of their parts like it just felt like it flowed and it was organic okay so on headstone they make mention of artists who some may think are past their prime or who are dead and they make mention and it's like project titles by like nas mob deep tupac biggie ice cube dmx and a few other guys but like it really sound it didn't sound forced it sounded like in the flow of things and that's what that, that was one of the coolest things in my opinion was that, that was it flowed single, naturally right? I'm not too sure. I it might yeah, I, I it was a single for sure, but I don't know if it was the first or second. That was cool. Oh shit, I for, I forgot. Track 4 M Bison. Zombie Juice says summertime tripping, I'm Janice Joplin. Cut off that bitch like Lauren Bobbitt. And I didn't even have to look it up. I knew he was talking about the girl who chopped off her wife or her husband's penis. I knew it. I didn't even have to look it up. And then I looked it up and I was like, god damn it, I was right. So yeah, I imme- immediately I was like, god, oh wow. That's a fucking crazy ass mention of someone you would never think would be in a rap song. And then we go all the way to Crown. I thought it was cool because to me it stood out. Just, of course, the production was handled by Eric Ark Elliott, if I'm not too mistaken. But it just stood out to me after, because after vacation, I wasn't really fucking a lot. Or I wasn't really fucking a lot. I wasn't really fucking with a lot, a lot of the songs down here. But then it got to Crown and I was kind of like, okay, okay, this is, this is nice. Proxies was cool too because it featured Eric just eric and i think eric's of course i love michi's uh Mich, michi's voice but i think that eric is the one who can make a project and be versatile with it not only because he's a producer and he can flow but i feel like and i'm not saying like he's combining genres or anything like that but i feel like with a, with a single pro- a solo project he would be able to do enough differently whereas i won't get too tired of it or get too fatigued by it so i'm, I'm really really impressed with eric's ability to produce as was evident on their last project and in my personal opinion i think he stepped up on his bars on this project have you ever I listened me- to one of his architects instrumental tapes I've always wanted to, but I never got the chance. Yeah, they're whatever. <laughs> I think I think Michi Darko has a wider vocal range. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. His ability to sing too, like like you mentioned, um, I think it's man. really really nice. It's a really it's a really really cool skill to have. Then again, it it kind of was got slow after Proxies. So after track twelve, there was still seven more tracks to go. <laughs> but Best American, I thought was really interesting. Meech says, "Red men get executed and forgotten. Black men spent two hundred years picking cotton." And in that song, they're kind of looking at America and pointing out, like, all of its flaws and talking about shit like police brutality and, like, some conspiracy theory shit about, like, there's poison water and poison food and shit like that. But And then again, at the end of the song, he says, uh, he says, never forget what they did to the man with the moccasins. Like, damn, Nietzsche's really out here talking on behalf of, of the natives, you know? I was like, god damn. Two, two quality Native American references in a song. That's rare. That's rare. So I fucking appreciate him for that. You Are My Sunshine was really, really interesting because it's only Meech on that track and he's talking about yams. And it's I'm like glad tri- you brought that up because I was going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, like I really, really appreciate it. It was really, I, I really, really appreciated it. I really like when rappers, you know, talk about personal shit, of course. I've said that on this podcast. I don't know how many times now. But to, but in this case where he's talking about a fallen friend and a person who was who he was really close with and in the song he says that he was there when he died and he was turning blue while while he was in his in his um hands or something yeah arms arms and i was like damn and then he even stops the song after a few lines and then he redoes it and he says you got me i'm i'm about to cry in the studio or something like that and it's like damn i really felt that so i really really appreciated that track uh the glory of denzel curry was cool yeah, for sure. Our RIP yams. Uh, overall, it was a little long, but I, I will still go back to a few tracks that I really liked. I still think their last project was a little bit better, not just because of the time, but I feel like I was a lot. A lot of the songs in their last project was a little bit more appealing than these tracks. But 
It was okay. Is it, is, is it because? Well, I guess I don't. I don't know. Like, what was the tone of the last album? I guess or last project? <sighs> well, <laughs> it it wasn't too far away from this, you know, because Eric produced a large majority of the tracks on that one as well. I think it's just because of the shortened time. Um, it wasn't as long as this one, and I feel like Meech really shined on a lot of those tracks as well. I know on Ascension, uh, it's just him, and he's just like fucking screaming. He's like, "Fuck!" What does he say again? He's like. I think devil. he said no it's not that he says like I can be better than God what the fuck am I saying I ain't even enter my prime and he's just like fucking going crazy and then he raps at the end and it's just Sound like crazy Curry. <laughs> <laughs> yo I love Denzel Curry anyways with their last project it was and I'm not trying to say it's too samey but I feel like me shined a little bit more on the tracks and I don't think it's any it's much of a coincidence that a lot of the tracks I liked on their last project is not mainly, but a large a large reasoning is because of Michi's verse. It's really interesting you say that when you said that Eric uh, Eric will pull a project together for you for them. It's like it's one of those things where where as a group, and I'm not saying they make bad music by any means because they make music that I can I can fuck with. But with Eric, like I said, I feel like he would do a lot more. Whereas, or I shouldn't say a lot more. It's just a matter of how long would I kind of get tired of Michi's voice on a solo project. Although he has a wider range and he could sing and he could growl and he could do that, do this. Like after a while, I'm afraid that I wouldn't be fatigued by it, but I feel like I would kind of lose appeal after a while. Whereas with Eric, he might be able to pull something out of his hat. And although I think Meech is my favorite member, I I would be really um, looking forward to an Eric solo project instead of a Michi one. Interesting. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, well, Jordan, uh, you got anything that uh, Gashead over there didn't say? No, I slept through this album when I listened to it on the flight. I woke up by You Are My Sunshine, and then he kind of covered it, so I don't have much to add. It was a sign. It was a sign that you woke up to that song. Yeah. I was in your dream, huh? No, I didn't have dreams. I don't dream when I'm flying. I fall asleep every time, though. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Kevin. There's not much they can do anymore. They sound the same on everything. Even if they really do, like better off dead, the uh, 3001 audit. I don't even want to pay attention. They never spit any bars that I care about. They say too much, like corny shit that sticks out. When they get on that, their third eye shit, when they too. get on their third eye shit, then I tune out. I can't handle that. I hate fake deep people so much. It was cool in high school. It was cool in high school. Uh, in my, like with me, it was cool when I heard them talk, or any artist talk about shit like that, but now it's kind of like, ah, you better be, want a little bit I, more. I want, I want more fact checking than speculation. Fucking about fucking poison water and stuff. Yeah. Only poison water is dapple water. Like That's high power, story. high power by Kendrick is the closest I can get to like third, third eye thinking because of, I can like withstand hearing like the historical references and bullshit like that and stuff. But like when it's just like complete and total speculation with no support, like I'm watching an episode of Ancient Aliens with Action Bronson sitting on the couch there, I can't do it. <laughs> do you guys, um, do you want, do you want Cardi B or Saba first? Mm. It doesn't matter to Jordan. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm talking to you, Shay. Let's do Cardi B. Cardi B, debut album. Invasion of privacy. Cardi B. Now I say luxury apartment. I'm in and I'm hardly. There's a vision in my vision. That bitch is a target. Lawyer is a two. He go to all the talk. Cardi B. You know Cardi B from the Bronx? Rapper. BX stand up. Jesus and Meryl, number one late night. Cardi began her music career in 2015, where she released two installments of her gangsta bitch music mixtapes. Uh, she had one in 2016, then one in January 2017. Then she went uh, pretty, went quiet until she uh, got signed. She got inked to uh, Atlantic Records in February 2017. Shortly after that, well, I shouldn't say shortly, but I guess it in the uh, summer. It was shortly after when we started listening to Bodak Yellow. June, June 2017, Bodak Yellow started popping off. We were day one, bro. Day one. Uh, Cardi B, um, for y'all that care, I guess. A lot With of fucking people. What the fuck? Now. Don't fucking say it like that. Like, well, Cardi, Cardi B is no, one of the hottest people out like, on the scene right now. Don't fucking disrespect her like that. Probably more people that give a shit about her than fucking Flatbush <laughs> zombies and fucking famous Dexter and fucking Cali. I don't, I don't, I don't know how many people really trying to get into Cardi B's personal life, so. Oh, what the fuck? 
A ton of people. He's bad mouthing Cali. It's not bad mouthing Cali. It's that fucking Cardi B is like the one of the biggest acts out right now. You guys are living in a weird scope. I'm appalled. Invasion of Privacy here is her debut album, and Cardi B. I mean, guys, I really fucking like this. Like a lot. Like guys, I'm I'm for real. So okay, so this here, very first song. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I don't even say it. Get up ten is dreams and nightmares party P version. Take off the ear. Headphones, I swear headphones. to God, it is though, like to a T. Like the first half, you get like this piano laden beat, right? Where she like she's kind of talking about like her rise and come up, and then like halfway through, bam, Cardi B comes in, and starts spitting, like for real, like dreams and nightmares part two, like Cardi B done her thing, like shout out to you. I tried telling Jordan, I tried telling Jordan, but he said no. I already told him, so that's why. You know um, what we did before you got on? We played both songs at the exact same time and had them go at the same tempo, and they dropped almost at the exact same point. Was it? Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of great value brand. This shit ain't original. mm. This shit ain't original. I don't know. You guys are crazy. (laughs) Song number two, Drip with Migos. That song's pretty flames. Um, Bacon Head. I mean, okay, so I mean, just, I'm going to, like, I'm not going to go through this track by track, but a lot of these songs on here. You might as well. um, I'm sorry, what? You might as well. You love it. I listen to this five times. No, a lot of these several tracks on here are I think that can be found like club bangers, for example. Like the songs like popping up at the club and just like fucking shit that girls can like get down to type deal. That's what? I mean, with the song like Drip, Big and Head, Bodak Yellow, probably She Bad for sure. Um, that song is maybe fucking terrible. Day. She Bad? Um, you did you like She yeah, Bad? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the beat, but I didn't really like the song, the song itself. Fucking I mean, terrible. The, that was the worst hook I've ever heard in my life. Gucci bag, Gucci bag, made a bag, found a bag, a bag. I was fucking done with it. I was like, YG, this is the laziest you've ever been in your life, and you collected a check off that. <laughs> but I think on this here, I, we, we get, to, uh, like, on the very first song, Cardi B kind of talks about her come up to deal struggles, getting into it or whatever. Um, but then on several songs, I mean, she's kind of out here for women in terms of women empowerment, saying, do what you got to do, girl, um, like on Bacon Head. Like. But then she also kind of gets personal in songs like Be Careful, where she's kind of talking about uh, infidelity a little bit in a sense there, too. So, I mean, she you get kind of like a little bit of everything from Cardi B come, coming through this project here. But, man, as, as a debut album like i fucks with this like super heavy like i can listen to it front to back pretty easily and i uh i just i just really want to give shouts to cardi b because she's out here doing her thing you know keep doing you girl this is uh you know this is is a lot of fun i recall when we last recorded the podcast our last podcast episode i'm sorry again spacing out words and uh, Cardi's album dropped after our episode was finished. And uh, Teezy was pulling up tweets saying that, or people were saying that this was album of the year. And I was pretty skeptical. I was like, oh, really? Cardi's going to be album of the year? But when I played it, when, upon first listen, I, I, I heard it. Like, I, I could totally see why people would call this album of the year. Personally, that spot's hold by Cali. But, you know, this is a pretty good album as well. Like, it's it's right up there. Or I shouldn't say it's right up there, but it's good. You know, right from the get-go, track one, Get Up 10. As soon as I heard, and as soon as she started flowing, I was like, this is Dreams and Nitro. Dreams and Nitro. Dreams and Nitro. Dreams and Nitro. Wow. Dreams and Nightmares intro vibes. Wow. It's it's been a long week, but I'm I'm still here. I'm smiling. Get Up 10 was amazing. Drip featuring Migos. This was the first song. This has been the first song in a while where I can actually get down with it and Migos are involved in some capacity. I don't remember the last time this happened. Takeoff's verse is great. Takeoff killed it. Yeah. His flow is crazy. He killed it. And I was was thinking the same thing as you. Like, the, the Migos features lately have been a lot better than when Culture 2 came out and we were just like, fuck, it's too much Migos. And it was coming off of we had Honcho Jacks, we just heard a bunch of Quavo, and we had Without Warning, so we heard a bunch of Offset. 
And it's just yeah. and we were getting like burnt out on Migos project, so I was getting kind of tired. But like their feature on that was pretty like it sounded good. They sounded really good on that beat. Yeah, yeah, and it was catchy. And like there was I, a lot of I, I don't, yeah, yeah, and I I don't remember the last time I like a song involving the Migos to some capacity as much as I like this song. Like with Culture Two, I did not like that. And I haven't been listening to a lot of songs featuring Migos lately, but this is the first song in a while that I like with the Migos involved. Bodak Yellow, of course, we all know that's a banger. Thanks. Uh, TZ already kind of brought this up. You know, be careful and uh, ring and through your phone. Those three songs, along with maybe some hints of of it in other songs as well. But those three songs are the main ones, which gets really, really personal. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I don't think we've ever, I don't think we've ever seen this out of Cardi B before, right? Or has she talked about this stuff in her previous work? Well, I mean, I guess she doesn't have much for previous work. I mean, you know, I mean, she really, I mean, she has those two mixtapes, which I, like, I haven't listened to like from 2016, 2017. Um, But I mean, realistically, I mean, then we got her on Bodak Yellow. I mean, that's, and then Barty Arcardi, like those were mm-hmm. the two songs, like those were the two singles for this. Um, but outside of that, I don't think we really have gotten much from Cardi B in that sense there. I mean, because those two songs are just straight bangers. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. So I think it was really, really wise of her to include three sort three personal introspective esque songs because it shows a softer side to Cardi. And again, if I am wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this might be the first time where she's gone this in depth with these issues. And I mean, who knows? Like, we don't know for sure if she's actually been through this stuff. Chances are she has been. And it just shows you, you know, that everyone kind of has some personal struggles here and there. And to hear from Cardi B, who, like you said, popped off with Bodak Yellow and followed that up with Barrier Cardi, two bangers. Like, it's really, really refreshing to hear an artist, you know, take another route with their music and include it with their debut album. So I really, really appreciated the personal side of Cardi as well as the banger side. Why the hell did you question it? Question what if if um she's gone through it? Oh, because I don't know. I don't know for sure. I'm I'm I would say she has. Why does it matter? Well, because it, it means him? a lot more. I guess, but I mean, do you not trust her? Like, no, it it's just, not even is about it just because of who who Cardi is. Like, no, 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 no. Like, like versus coming from someone else. No, because, yeah, because like, be careful is written by someone else. Authenticity, yeah, would be the main thing. But like I said, I'm pretty sure I would say that that these are things that she's actually experienced. Fuck, hold up. Okay. And I wasn't, I didn't really know how to feel about the Chance feature. I think I'm just, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm double, I'm double downing on Chance the Rapper kind of just being that artist that I don't really care for anymore. So I don't know if that bias is affecting my perception of him when he's featured, but yeah, I, I, I didn't really fuck with that. I like, it was pretty cool featuring Bad Bunny and J Belvin. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. And through your phone, I, I liked it personally. I thought it was beautiful. Like the way she sounded on there, I thought was really, really beautiful. And through your phone, she's talking about, you know, the shit that she found on her, her guy's phone at the time and how she saw how he was bragging about having hoes and he was getting nudes and he was just wilding out as if he was single and how she was dealing with that type of emotion, being hurt, being mad. That's basically what the song was about. And just the way she sounded, I, I really, really liked it. And she had one line in the last song with SZA, I Do, where she says, my little 15 minutes lasted long as hell. That was really, really dope, too. I really, really liked that. That was her, to me, confronting the fact that she was kind of labeled as, like, a one-hit wonder. And, I mean, with this project, I think it's it's pretty clear that I would say she, she's here to stay for a bit, longer than 15 minutes. So I'm, I'm going to rate um, I'm gonna rate Flatbush, like, a 6.75. And then I'm I'm at the at this time at this moment I'm not getting crazy right now but this is this is uh this is an eight for me right up there with um sir something's an eight I'm gonna give Flatbush a six and I'm gonna give Cardi a seven point five Jordan you have nothing to say right uh, I only listened to this once and I didn't think it was that great but I thought she had some bars on a couple songs and whenever she raps about her pussy, it sets me off in like a positive way. Like I, I love it so much. It's just, it's not for me. It feels extremely mainstream and like the way that the whole album was formulated and created, it just, it makes sense why the songs are where they are and why they're the type they are. It bothers me a lot that Bickenhead is basically Chickenhead by Project Pat redone again. And uh, uh, I like it. I don't 
care for that at all. I I mean, I'm sorry to half my lineage, but I didn't know what the fuck was going on when they were rapping in Spanish. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on either. <laughs> she bad. That chorus was fucking terrible. That YG chorus. Was yeah. Horrible. And get up, get up that. ten. I my favorite part of that was when she said that she used to she used to strip, but that her she doesn't her pussy wasn't for fucking. Like when she just says, "I'm gonna lay that straight out for you guys," and it's like the first line. But I thought that was mm-hmm. so great value. Once you compared it to Dreams and Nightmares intro, you ruined it because Dreams and Nightmares intro is probably <laughs> the greatest intro we've heard in 15 years. And once you put it against like the best thing we ever heard, you're kind of setting the bar a little too high. And I thought I, I thought it was fine, but once I once I think of that, I would rather listen to Dreams and Nightmares intro because the the energy and everything from that, like the buildup, was a lot more grand. And then yeah. be careful. I didn't care for it all. Bodak Yellow still summer hit. It's still good. It's just that I've heard it so much. So at this point, it's just kind of whatever. Best Life with Chance was kind of whatever for me too. Like Chance, whenever I hear a Chance verse, it's just. It feels mundane to me. I don't. I don't really care what he has to say anymore. But he he had a pretty fire line about his hands having like ash on him, and he said something about Dante, and it was like uh, it was like a play on the volcano being fire in Dante Inferno and some shit like that, which is a bar. But like still, a lot of chances stuff. I, I Ring with Kalani was terrible. Moneybag was fine. Bardier Cardi was fine. Twenty One Savages verse I like a lot on there because he was his flow is really crazy, and then it ended weird too. Like, that didn't feel like a closer. It felt like it should have been somewhere else, but I'm sure they just were like, well, fuck, where are we going to put this song with SZA? Yeah, it's a lot better than what you're saying. <laughs> I think I'd give it, like, maybe a five and a half. Okay, I, I, I politely disagree with you, sir. It's fine. Okay, finally on the last one, guys. Don't worry. We're here. We're at the end. Last, certainly not least, Saba is back with another album. Care for me. About depression, conversations about depression, confrontation, cause we care too much about each other. We know it ain't permanent, but temporary releasing your easel rate insecure. Saba is a rapper producer from West Side Chicago, a member of Pivot Gang. And uh, I think I was first introduced to Saba on what, well, apparently he was on Everybody Something on Acid Rap, but that's Everybody. whatever. Did did bucket list project was 2016? Was no nominee 2016 or 2017? Both 2016 summer. 2016 summer was no nominee. 2016 end of the year in December was bucket list project. Okay, so Saba was all over no nominee's project. Um, so that was the first time I heard Saba then. Uh, but then his first full length project was bucket list project, which I really enjoyed did you say from Saba. All I over that, it? Wait, what? Did you say all over her project? Yeah, she's one, two, three, four, five tracks with his name on it. Just on here. Really? That I can see. Okay. Yeah. Do you need more? <laughs> I have it pulled. I have the track list pulled up in front of me, and his name's only on one. But it's fine. Just keep going. Oh. <laughs> Say Rap Genius has him on five right here. Just on his popular Saba songs. What were the... Name the other ones. I'm sorry. I'm going on a different tangent. Um, so Shadow Man, Yesterday, Forever, Casket Pretty, and then Freedom Interlude not listed on he's only listed on shadow man on the the track list i have with the features listed mm-hmm. either way he was on there that's probably the first time i was really introduced to him this here um sama has been gone for a couple years now but he is back with a very personal album care for me here uh, in the very beginning he talks about the loss of a pivot gang member and one of his best friends and uh, that's kind of where he's been at with his life. And I think that from the very first um, song on Busy Slash Sirens, it basically sets the tone for this album. Most, all of the production on here is handled by um, Sada, or Saba, oh my goodness, Dede Pivot. And then um, I'm going to fuck up this pronunciation, but it's um, Dowd, I think. And so that's, um, they're all over, the, they're, all three of them handle production on this. But he is, this is a very, this is a very somber, somber album from Saba. And on the very first, on the first three tracks, he mentions the death of his uh, close friend, John Walt, who got murdered in 2017. I I kind of wallowed in his sadness in this album. Like, it kind of just like devoured me when I was listening to it. And because the first song on Busy, I mean, it basically talks you know, it's kind of given, you know, about where he's been in life. And then Sirens is 
basically where it starts when he's i mean the chorus is you know it says sirens on the way now you're lying where the angels lay basically in a reference um to his friend but um his verse on that sirens song is super interesting because he starts it saying riding through the city i'm young i'm black i'm guilty I know I'm one time. I know once I want to kill me, they don't know me, but they fear me. Like that's basically going through where African Americans in this country are with the police, in the sense, you know, basically saying, you know, he's just kind of doing his thing, but just because of the color of his skin, you know, they already fear him and they're like looking to, you know, go get him, um, type of deal. I kind of going on to Broken Girls. I kind of resonate that with. It resonates with that song in a sense, and it's really bad. But I mean, I I was just like, man, like I kind of been the same way. Like it's kind of <laughs> shitty, but um, no, it's a just a really kind of yeah, it's a, it's a really somber song about you know his where he's at, you know his relationship with women. Now life, life has got this super bouncy beat, but it's probably my favorite song on here, and uh, it's uh, again, I mean, he's still. He's still talking about, you know, the hardships he's faced after, you know, the death of his um, cousin. But the chorus, he also talks about, you know, where his relationship and his family, you know, talking about where his his uncle was in jail and, you know, is kind of talking to his father on the phone type deal, you know, mom, like he kind of brings all that up there. And so I think that death is kind of, kind of like the, the theme of this song here. They, he also gets into, like on the song Fighter, he kind of starts, we start seeing story storytelling from Saba, where each of the verses are kind of a recollection of fights that he had uh, with this one guy. And they kind of be in like chronological order on where he's been. And he just kind of talks about, you know, how he used to get in these fights, you know, but he just, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to fight anymore. And he, you know, because it's it's taking a toll on him personally, really. And then, uh, you know, the, and the song Smile, Log Out and Gray. Log Out's an interesting song, kind of talking about the effect of social media and how, I mean, he says, like in the chorus, if you press Log Out, you get forgotten. What's a post but a reminder just how boring our lives are? Like, that shit's, like, super depressing, like, when you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. it has a Chance the Rapper feature on there, which is kind of whatever i guess again you know but uh kind of following that theme here um but the uh the one song that really stands out to me is prompting where again we get this uh storytelling saba but in this sense now he's recollect he's uh it's a story about when he went to prom with this girl basically it's like he's going through right um going through the day and stuff like that and then at the end it talks about how this girl's brother came out to him put a knife to his deck and said if you Basically, if you do anything with my sister, like, I'm going to kill you. And it's one of those things where he kept it to himself because he knew that if he told Walt um, that bad shit was going to go down because Walt was really protective um, in a sense. And so I think that that was a, uh, a really, a really good song in, in the prom parts. And then King, um, the second half of it is basically talking about where I'm pretty sure it's where he's he's basically talking about the day that he found out that his friend died. And so it's kind of a ultimatum type point in the album itself. But man, I, this, I, this, this album struck me when I listened to it and I don't, I don't know why, but I think that from where Saba is doing, I mean, the production on this is very, very jazzy. And I knew that going in because, um, of Bucketless Project and it was kind of in that same sense there. And I think I, I really enjoyed that part of it, but the way that he really gets very personal and I think that he shows a lot of emotion on this. I think that's why I connected with it a lot in a sense and but um this is this is a super super good album uh that Saba put out definitely talking about where he's been in his life and kind of getting letting his emotions out in a sense and so he's not holding everything in anymore just talking about what he's been through and whatnot and so I I I really 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 like this I was first uh, introduced to Saba through his feature on Angels by Chance the Rapper uh that's when I first heard of him and then his voice really struck me at first so I've always kind of kept him in the back of my mind and whenever he'd pop up on the timeline you know i'd pay attention uh i remember when he it was leading up to bucketless project he was on twitter quite often and eventually i followed him and i i loved bucketless project it was on my top 10 list back in 2016 
so I thought very, very highly of it. And then it wasn't too long after that where his friend slash uh, cousin John Walt was killed. And I remember him and all the other guys in, P- in Pivot Gang changed their, their Twitter avies to a picture of John Walt. So I knew around that time, you know, what had happened. And for him to tackle that struggle on this project, I thought was very, very like it shows how strong he is. to Because, I mean. Sure, this guy was John Walt was a friend of his, but like he he was also family. So that right there, you know, it could strike a person hard, and it takes a lot for a person to talk about something so personal, something that hurts you so bad, you know, and convey it to your audience. I really, really appreciate appreciated that part. Uh, busiest like all the songs on here, you know, served a purpose, and it was just whether he was talking about his success that he achieved after Buckley's project came out, like in Smile, or he's addressing you know, issues with uh, with technology and media and logout with Chance the Rapper, or if he's really getting in-depth with uh, John Walt. Each song, each track served a purpose in the overall concept, and it's just about what he's been feeling as of late. Life, Calligraphy, and Grey, and Heaven All Around Me are my four favorite tracks on here. But yeah, I mean, I love this personal side. You know, Prom King, holy shit. When I first listened to this, you know, of course I had it in my mind that this was a personal project. And as background music, I caught certain shit like right away. And when I finally sat down with the lyrics and listened to it, I was like, holy shit, like there's a lot that I didn't really catch, right? I wasn't really paying attention to. So the more and more I went back to it, I listened to I listened to this about four times. The more and more I went back to it and processed everything, the more and more I really, really started to like it. You know, at from the very beginning I liked it and it just grew. Uh but prom king, like just the fact how his cousin is the one who set him up with the prom date. And, of course, his cousin is John Wall. And I, what I found really interesting was him and John Wall, his cousin, I, I don't know why I keep saying his cousin, but John Wall, they weren't really the best of friends growing up. I remember there was a line in there where he talks about how John would come over and steal his sneakers every time the family got together and beat him up. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, you know, he kind of pops up out of nowhere and is like, yo, man, I can find you a prom date. And they start to reconnect. And it turns out that John, he he doesn't live too far away from Saba in their, in their neighborhood, which I thought was really, really interesting. You know, I'm not too sure what kind of family dynamic was going on there. But just the fact that they, they reconnected towards the later end of their high school career. And then they got closer when they were both college students. And when it transitions into King... And Saba then tackles what happened leading up towards John Walt's death um, was really, really interesting. Uh, there was one line he had about he was in the studio working on the Bucklist project and John called him and he was like, yo, man, I just got shot at. And Saba has a line in there where he says, uh, sometimes I fucking hate Chicago because I hate this feeling. And although it's not like he used us, you know, the most S-A-T-esque words or anything like that, but like you feel that like he honestly hates Chicago, even though it's his hometown. Because of all the violence there, all of the bad vibes, you know, the drug use, everything like that. And it's bad everywhere. I'm not saying it's only bad in Chicago. But just how that affected him so much. And he got so mad that, you know, there's innocent people dying. And he even says that in the song. There's innocent people dying every day. And he just gets fucking sick of it. And I really felt that, you know, it's it's one of those lines where, you know, it's not life-altering, life-changing, but it really packs a punch. So I really, really appreciated that song in general. It was so, so sad and eerie that he used... Uh, a John Walt, I don't know if it was a chorus or what, but towards the end of the song on Prom King where John Walt's saying, just another day in the ghetto, I just hope I make it to tomorrow. And I I, I didn't know that was John Walt at first. I never really heard any of his uh, music before. So it wasn't until yeah, I was... Yeah, because he was supposed to have a project come out. Yeah, yeah, I read that too. And and I'm curious to see if it, if it ever did drop or if Saba or whoever's kind of overseeing it, if someone is overseeing it. I'm, I'm curious to see if they ever do drop it, if it hasn't been dropped. Uh, but yeah, it was really, really, really sad to hear that. And then Heaven All Around Me is sort of like John Walt's transition into heaven and how he sees his mom crying and he sees, you know, the homeboys crying and he's like talking. And it's just, it's very, very emotional. It's very, very emotional. It's This is a really, really personal project and I, I really do fuck with it a lot. You guys covered it. The majority of everything <laughs> that there is to say about this project. It was background music when I was traversing through the airport. So I didn't pay much attention to it, but I spawned it a lot. It was also background in Traversing. my meetings too. And <laughs> it's super smooth. Like the production fits it. It feels really dark. It mm-hmm. feels really dark and smooth. It is, like yeah. it puts you in that mindset where you're kind of in a deeper place, but I didn't pay attention to lyrics. The only time I paid attention was because I, I hated prom the first time I listened to it because I didn't pay any attention to it. And I just heard him talk about going to prom. So I tuned out immediately because I hate when artists reminisce on the past <laughs> with no 
purpose, I guess, or when it mm. comes to stuff that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But today when I was on my flight, I uh, heard prom and king and i paid attention to it the entire time and i was it got it, it was really interesting the entire storytelling that they were doing and how they got to the open you guys covered that entire song there's nothing i need to say other than you guys forgot to talk about when they tried to get on the open mic and then homie had to like force his way onto it but other than that yeah i didn't pay attention to this i didn't pay attention to any of the projects this week because <laughs> i i was going to listen to them but then when i was in the airport i was uh i was like oh, i don't want to listen to anything and i ended up playing mama's gun by erica badu which i've never listened to in my life and i was <laughs> taken aback by that and that was it's so amazing <laughs> so that i ended up listening to that the oh, entire man. time i was away but this this is your guys episode <laughs> next week next week nothing coming out a bunch of shit i think there's something coming out <laughs> next week <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm giving this an eight as well. I'm gonna give this a seven point five. So I got, I got, I, I'm, I'm putting everything as like projects that I think are my top right now as eights, and then they can go up or down from there. The only, the closest thing I, I get to problematic on the timeline is when I said I like my women, like I like my pancakes thick. All right, let's get your vanilla commentary out of the way on these tweets. So. <laughs> Do y'all have any feelings towards everyone visiting Meek and Jail? Tonight, they, uh, the guy from NBC Nightly News went there. Talked to him. Pulled him on Jesus. NBC Nightly what? News. Yeah, I was reading that while you guys were fucking I didn't know doing that. whatever. Yo, that's absolutely wild. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's fucking yeah. crazy. It's it's more that he fucked up still. Like He broke his probation, which we understand. But like the way that they're treating the whole case is so unjust. Yeah. It's bad fuck-ups on like the court side. Fucking Bob Kraft went inside. Robert Kraft. It's a good look for him. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know. This is great um, publicity for Meek Mill. It, it really is. Yeah, I think it's it'll it'll help him out. I I saw that there was a false report saying that he was supposed to Lester be out by Holt. Monday. They, but, Lester Holt from NBC Nightly News went and talked to him. But within ten minutes, like I, like it was confirmed false. Uh, but I I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that a lot of people are going to see him, and it's starting to kind of to me, it's starting to kind of become not necessarily a trend, but almost like sort of like a status symbol esque. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go see Mick Mill, Mick Mill, and we're gonna Milk, talk, Milk, or I'm gonna Milk, give him Milk. words of advice. You are struggling. I'm man. struggling man. tonight. Holy I'm struggling tonight. Spanish. I'm struggling. But yeah, I mean, it's cool in a way. Or yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I wonder how Meek feels about it. You know, what I mean, I mean, I doubt he's complaining, but I, I, I mean, like, obviously, yo, it's just crazy. Oh. Yeah. But I mean, here I think it's interesting because even well, was it two guys from the Sixers or two players from the Sixers? Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz? They yep. went to him for advice. Is that what I saw? <laughs> words of ins- words of inspiration. That's what. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, that's different than what I saw. God, words of inspiration and advice. But like, but even then, what they that's titled crazy. The, the headline. Yeah, it's clickbait. We have to start doing clickbait. But go ahead. Step your social media game up. I'm gonna tweet. I'm gonna tweet the link to the new episode after we're done recording. I got a plan. Y'all didn't put it out there yet. No. Well, I mean, I was gonna do it last night, but been it was done like since Saturday. 11. Really? Yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> no. No. He was on one. No. It was. I don't know. I don't know. It's been uploaded on our SoundCloud since Saturday, but it's been private. Oh, okay. SoundCloud. Okay. Yeah, because I I always Which go by Apple it's... Podcast, but yeah, because it yeah. was on private. Yeah, and then I and then Trent I edited I scheduled, it. I scheduled it to drop at midnight. It's all it's good. Heaven that's, all that's around fun. me. <laughs> Makes sense. Ben Simmons and Markel. Why don't you? Well, why don't you fucking me? introduce it like a fucking like just introduce the segment? No, because make, make it's, it gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice transition with the music that's played in between little segments. Uh, ben Simmons and Markel Fultz met Meek Mill in prison to he get some li- do you see words that, of do you see wisdom. What that means? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's up. You know what's up. He knows what's up. And he hasn't been paying attention to the episodes when he listens. And he I don't play music you. between segments. Yeah. I don't play music between segments anymore. Yeah, you, it's too much work. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Okay. The only music ben- I play <laughs> is after the intros of the album. I haven't. I haven't well, and then um, to the most yeah, recent episode for, for your segment. Yeah, uh, what did you? Yeah, listen to? I already have an idea of what I'll do for Twitter segment, but he doesn't uh, introduce it, so yeah, I'm exactly. Not do it. Oh saying. Jesus! <laughs> All right, what's up? Me and Cher about to hit up this Twitter segment. Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz met Meek Mill in prison to get some words of wisdom ahead of a playoff. Someone quoted the tweet and said, "Y'all treating Meek like Nelson Mandela now." <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Punch. From Top Doc said Cardi B is Tupac. All right, next. Uh, Drake on Instagram. 
posted a selfie, or not a selfie, someone took a picture of him, and the caption said, hey, what's it like being a Jewish rapper from Canada? I told her the struggle is real. All right, next. <laughs> no, no, but Logic Logic commented with a sideways laughing face, a skull, and the, the goat emoji. Of course, Logic would fucking comment on something like that, you know? And it got me heated. Like, it, it wasn't even the Drake caption. It was the Logic comment that got me. I was like, holy fuck, okay, well, I'm using this. All right, get off that. Okay, um, in regards to Drake's new single that came out, or remix, I don't know. I been oh yeah, hold up, hold up. What'd you guys think of the new Drake song? I haven't listened. To it. <laughs> it's kind of right, like super catchy. Okay. Yeah, it's got a lot of bounce to it. Sounds like a good way to close an album. This person said, "Dog, Drake is way too cold with these samples. This man put Lauren Hill and Nola bounce on the same track." Go. Someone quoted the tweet and said, "LMAO, this is why producers want credit." <laughs> okay, that's uh, you know, that's that does that does he does make a point, but. Mm-hmm. Drake does like to use a lot of Lauren Hill samples because, like, the draft day was a Lauren Lauren Hill sample. Oop. He does it a lot. Drizzy, Drizzy. Uh, and you know, I'm kind of. I don't really want to oversaturate the audience with like top ten lists by or in regards to NBA topics, but I just had to include this one because we talked about it last week. Jordan is barely top five all time. LeBron, Kobe, Magic, Cream, and Jordan. <laughs> Kobe should be nowhere in top five. I do that so hard. Like it was like the night after our, the we recorded the last podcast, and I was like, "God damn, I, I have to use no, this again." I you can, I I can't see anyone that actually like studies careers and shit and think that Kobe's top five. I fucking unreal. It's a dilemma. It's a dilemma. It really is filthy casuals. Jeez. Okay. Well, Yankee Hive. Thank you so much. I would say that this has been arguably our most quality-filled episode in terms of music. <laughs> so, I would say listen to these projects. <laughs> it's been fun. Another great week. Tune in next week. We have good surprise here. Be safe till then. The surprise is coolly high. Something like that. Something like that. Shouts to our producer, Young Yosh, for uh, doing everything for the pod. And, uh, you know, uh, if you want, you can find him on Twitter at... Falco 93 is for me. There's Go no ahead, point. give him a follow. There's no, he point. Is... There's no point following me on Twitter. I'm off that. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter and um, support us on the Apple Podcast. South Call, leave a review, uh, give us a like, share us to your friends, family, your mother, your dog, you know, any anybody else who wants to get a listen. Um, shouts to, I think it was Dave that I met at uh, the bar uh, yesterday afternoon. Shouts I'm to you. Hopefully, hopefully you. Uh, hopefully you made it back Sorry, safe. Dave. So, uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys.